and welcome to For Your Reconsideration, the film podcast that brings biblical judgment to movies both old and new. Will it be condemnation, my brothers and sisters, or will there be light and redemption and a path to the hearts of true cinema lovers everywhere? I'm Rob, and here are my fellow evangelical pastors, Simon and James. How are you, boy? <laughs> what is going on at all? <laughs> what was the inspiration for this one? <laughs> Sounds like Fred Phelps. Honestly, I don't, I don't know where we went. I don't know how this happened. It was just writing it. It suddenly took a new meaning. On the way out, I sort of channeled a little bit of um, Sheriff J.W. Pepper from the James Bond series, like, secret agent on whose side? And um, we suddenly ended up with, yeah, it's an absolute farce. Um, I'm so sorry. And I also feel that during that, we kind of overstated our importance <laughs> a little bit. Just a tad. Just a tad. Just a little bit. How are you, fellas? Are you okay? I nearly did. How are you, fellas? Are you Okay. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> All the better for seeing your lovely face oh. with weird noises coming out of it. <laughs> Likewise, fellas. Uh, well, fellas, what have you been watching this week? Yeah, so I've I've watched a couple of good things in the in the since we last spoke. Um so the one I want to shout out first is have you guys watched Love and Monsters on Netflix? Oh no, I saw saw the advert. I thought it looked rad. Oh, it's so good. It's proper up your you guys will really enjoy it, I think. So the setup is sort of familiar to other offbeat end of the world comedy adventures you might have seen. But what this uh, what the film sort of lacks in overall freshness, it more than compensates with inventive creature design, an incredibly likable turn from Dylan O'Brien, the maze runner himself, and an abundance of heart. Honestly, I absolutely loved it. It was a charming and enjoyable piece of popcorn entertainment. Perfect for a Friday night. So I'd definitely say get on that one if you haven't already. Nice. Yes, I'm, I, that's on our, on our list. We're, we're, we're both fancy watching that. So yeah, we'll definitely check it out now. It's really, mm. really good. Really good. Can I can I ask? Is it sort of like family friendly? Yeah, I I don't know if you could show it to you really young children, but I think nine, ten, eleven year olds be absolutely fine with it. Wicked, wicked. She, uh, my ten year old is enjoying Poseidon at the moment. So, um, <laughs> um, is that is it like similar in Harrow as Poseidon? Um, oh, it's not. As what, where, the bo- as where the boat sinks? The- yeah, yeah, yeah. She's really enjoying it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's not as harrowing as, as Poseidon. Oh, good, good. Oh, wow, well, we're in, we're in. Nobody right. drowns from what I can remember in the <laughs> So, uh, and the other one that I watched is also uh, a film that's recently dropped on Netflix. So it's called The Mitchells versus The Machines. So have you heard of this one, guys? Ah, uh, the animated mm. one. Yes. Okay, so this is produced by Lord and Miller and tells the oh, story right. of a dysfunctional family's road trip being disrupted by the robot apocalypse, Woo-hoo! which is... Yeah, it's really, really good. So in this one, there's eye-popping animation, infectious energy, genuine heart and smarts that combine to deliver one of the best animated movies in recent years. So it's up there with Into the Spider-Verse for me. Honestly, it's so oh, nice, good. man. I laughed, I welled up, and I had a bloody lovely time, as did the rest of the family. It's an absolute delight from beginning to end. A proper five-star animated uh, family film, and I loved it, so... You can definitely get on that one with the kids, Rob. 
Amazing. Oh, nice. Thank you. That's amazing. That's on Netflix. It's on Netflix, yeah. So I think it's a Sony animation, and then they've just, they've just popped it. Netflix have probably acquired it, you know, with the pandemic. Mm. This is what I quite like about Sony stuff, is they, they're not... I mean, th- this might change, but at the moment, they're not being a tit and making their own streaming service. They're just spreading the wealth amongst yeah. the existing streaming services. But yeah, because I've seen loads of people talk about it, but I didn't know where it was, so... I will check that out as well. I absolutely loved it. It's my favourite film of the year this year, honestly. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Lord and Miller are great though, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. They really are. They're just amazing. Oh, it's amazing. Um, is that in relation... Because I saw this week that... Um, is it Paramount Plus is coming? It could be on that. Oh, I'm not wow. sure how they're all going to shake out because it's oh, different wow. in the US, isn't it? In terms of <laughs> rights and things like that, so... Yeah, so such good noise you made then, Sai. That's just my exhausted <laughs> noise of, uh, of all the bloody streaming services and all the money. No, it is, it is getting a little bit. Um, I can understand what we have now, and even that's excessive. If you just said that ten yeah. years ago, you'd be like, "You're out of your mind." I'm not paying for all those yeah, separate yeah, yeah, services right, on top right. of my satellite TV subscription as well. And then, lo and behold, I've got like six different streaming services. It's absolutely ridiculous. You know, like well, I've, no, got... But I, I've got to the point now where where the satellite service is about to go because yeah. someone's got to give. <laughs> and I know what we what I know what we use most, and it's not that. And it's by far away the most expensive. We don't have a TV package, but I do have every facet of Now TV, so I may as well have you know the Hey YouTube <laughs> reality TV. Yeah, yeah. It always makes me laugh with Now TV because they're like, "We're not Sky, we're not Murdoch. You are literally Sky streaming." <laughs> like, <laughs> I think it's the best one. It's a shame that the streaming quality isn't as good, but it, it, I think it's got some well good stuff on it. I love now. I, I have to say that. Um, oh dear, I didn't want to say the name of the company in question, but um, ah, the big blue thing over our heads, Q, is yes. quite good. What's that? Sky Q. Oh, I don't know what that is. Yeah, the box and and all it does is is good. It is good, but I don't I don't have time to look at nine hundred channels of Bigfoot. Oh wait, yes I do. <laughs> yes I do. <laughs> No, I'm joking. Shot my argument in the foot there. You wish you had more time for. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so, what have you been watching? Uh, well, I've uh, yeah, I've watched loads of stuff. It's been well good. I finished season two of Succession Oof. this week, which I'm obviously really behind on. It was like two years ago when season two wrapped up. I just want more of that goddamn shit house of a family. Yeah. Uh, they're just. <laughs> it's such a good program. I I love everything about it, and it ended so well as well. Yeah, it's just it's one of my favorite programs. It's just if you haven't seen Succession, definitely, definitely watch it. It's on Now TV. Coincidentally, uh, it's it's just brilliant. Oh, related to that side, have you seen the casting news from today? Oh yeah, Adrian the Adrian Brody, Brody. Yeah, what is he joining Succession? Yeah, yeah, and Skarsgård's going to be in it work. as well. Handsome Skarsgård, incredible. Is going to be is going to be in it. Yeah, it's um yeah, I can't wait for the next. I just Kieran Culkin in it. Is just so funny, and it's just so sharply written. It's just brilliant. I, just, I it's a amazing program. Kieran Culkin has come a long way from pissing the bed at family reunions <laughs> at Christmas. <laughs> no longer is he fuller. <laughs> yeah, he's just as small though. He hasn't got any bigger. Um, <laughs> uh, film wise, I ticked off two of the Oscar-nominated films uh, this week with Promising Young Woman and Nomadland. 
both of which I really enjoyed actually, but like for very different reasons. Um, Promising Young Woman is is it looks great. It's it's a really good bold ballsy film, but it says a lot of things. Not too dissimilar to um, Jennifer's Body actually, which was a film we did not long ago. Um, obviously without the like succubus eating <laughs> eating men angle, but <laughs> you know. A lot of a lot of like similar themes, and it just looks great. And the costumes, are, the outfits are, are wicked. Just looks really, really poppy and lovely. And then Nomadland, which I just, I just found to be an immensely powerful film. That it doesn't really have a plot. It's just kind of like a collection of moments in like the year of a life of of um, Francis McDormand's character. Um, but it just manages to tell a lifetime worth of stories in those moments and it's all because of her performance at the middle of it which is just fantastic and really there's some really stunning photography going on which is just beautiful to look at and I just welled up so many times during the film I think like during the first five minutes I just went oh <laughs> it's like one of those films oh. isn't it? it's just oh. um it's just really good and there was a there was a bit where there's there's a line about um saying goodbye and it's what my granddad used to say and uh, yeah, that made me cry. I was just—I oh, just thought it was a, man. I just thought it was a beautiful movie and um, very deserving of all the accolades it received. I'm not sure it's my personal favourite of all the films that were listed. I haven't seen a film better than Sound of Metal. For me, that's my sort of favourite of all the ones what were nominated. But I don't think you can argue with the fact that it won because it's just—it's such a good film, such a well-made film, and just yeah, five stars all over it. I think it's really good. Wicked. My other half didn't like it. She it really upset her. She did not <laughs> like it at all. She was very when it finished. She was just devastated for a good couple of hours. Couldn't yeah. She did not. Oh, harrowing stuff. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, what did you watch, Rob? Bring, bring it, bring it up a bit. Uh, let's... <laughs> no, no. Well, I watched um, uh, uh, with the kids. Uh, I watched School of Rock with Jack Black. It was oh, great. what a film! What an it's incredible great. movie! Yeah, it's really, really great. But also, the, like the music in that movie is so good. <laughs> I literally I'm pumped, pumped to listen to music after that. So good. Uh, Black is great as well. Had you never seen it before, Rob? I had, yeah. I, yeah. I saw it in the cinema, and it was uh, it's an 03, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've not seen it since then, and on watching it, it was like, oh my word, I look about a billion times older these days than Jack Black. That was the harrowing takeaway from that. <laughs> um, obviously, as I've mentioned, I'm halfway through Poseidon with my daughter. The Kurt Russell one. The Kurt Russell one. Yeah, yeah. She's she's literally she's she absolutely <laughs> not even gone back and done the proper Hackman one. Outrageous. <laughs> no, what no, are you no, teaching no. these kids? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> if I was to tell you that um, I got in late one night. Um, and um, I, I, you know, the, the sherbets had been flowing, and my daughter appeared. <laughs> so can we watch like something you. together? <laughs> <laughs> my daughter said, "Can we watch something together?" And I said, "Why not? We'll watch something." And we were cycling through on Netflix, and Poseidon appeared, and I said, "This is about a boat." And she said, "Let's watch that." And now we're watching that. Uh, Dreyfus is incredible in it, though, isn't he? You know what? I don't think I've ever seen that because it's obviously it's oh, the remake it's so of the good. Gene Hackman film. It is, it? yeah. My uh, the obsession I have with it is is that um, what year was Poseidon? It because it is an old it's, one now. It's two thousands. It? Yeah, it's early two thousands. So I was in the cinema watching a, a movie that we have done. I'm not going to mention the name of it. And um, the trailer for Poseidon came on. And God bless the man who sat behind me, but he couldn't say it. 
Um, so when the title came up, he went pseudum <laughs> <laughs> and I cannot not call it that. <laughs> so me and Ava watched uh, pseudum this uh, this week. Um, I also started. Um, I've been too scared to watch it because you know when you get you know you're going to enjoy something and you put it off yeah. because you know it's going to just absolutely dominate you forever. I'm a massive basketball fan, so The Last Dance. Have you not seen it yet? You haven't nope. watched it yet. Oh, oh it's, the, it's the best documentary I've ever seen. It is, and if you like basketball, especially, and especially yeah. that era of basketball, that era of basketball is my absolute it's, jam. It's brilliant. It is yeah. so well done. Like the way it, the way it tells the story, and it takes two. Yeah time frames each episode and it's like oh, i'm so jealous it's amazing what a, and i don't even really like basketball that much like i don't really oh. understand it for starters <laughs> uh, <laughs> but i do enjoy elite sport and elite sportsmen and just it's just an incredible no I, I, I was like i was up late at night watching that 97 98 pool season live um so like this is just, and I knew I'd. I'm. I think I was right to be scared of it because it's it's polaxed me. Like it's absolutely polaxed. The me. quality of the footage they got oh, is is amazing. Like they must have shot it on really good film camera. Well, they've obviously shot it on film because it looks brilliant. Yeah, I'm two episodes in. It's just absurdly good. But no, my favorite thing I've watched uh, since I last saw you guys was um, late at night in bed with my wife. Intimate. All right. X-ray. Yeah. X-ray. <laughs> Bit of fire after dark. Bit of blue for the for the dads and the moms and the moms. Um, I started laughing, and uh, Becky. Ah, I said her real name. Sorry, obviously. I think I think everyone knows her name's Becky now. But she started, you know, like said, "What's the matter?" I said, "I just." I just can't stop laughing about something I've seen and it's just popped into my head and I can't stop laughing about it. And I had to lie next to her. Was it Michael Jordan's suits from uh, the last yeah. dance? It was five past midnight and I had to show her Bigfoot vomiting on <laughs> on Sam Elliott. I, I just I could not stop laughing about it. I just can't... That scene, I just cannot get over it. <laughs> I just still can't get over it. And so I had to show it to her. And then she said, like, 15 minutes later, I was still lying in bed, like, cuddling <laughs> <laughs> to myself. <laughs> Obviously, she wasn't, she wasn't impressed. <laughs> no, not very much. It, uh, sorry. So for, the, for all those who are waiting for a, an amorous romantic tale, you, you ain't in the right place. <laughs> Uh, for those who are unaware, uh, Rob is referring to a scene from the film eloquently titled uh, The Man Who Killed Hitler and then The Bigfoot, in which The Bigfoot is sick in Sam Elliott's gorgeous moustache, basically. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, I'm so sorry. Right, so I'm going to get this right this week. Um, this week's movie prompted a question from Simon. Yes. Yes, it got it in one. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> So there is a, a particular moment in this film, um, which is which is very surprising. So I wanted to know what uh, are there any particular moments um, in any particular films that completely blindsided you and you did not see coming mm. at all? Mm. Do you know what springs to mind for me? I haven't written this one down, but one that immediately comes to mind is uh, I'd never read the book of the Green Mile uh, before I saw the film, 
And I saw the film, and obviously it's directed by Frank Darabont, and it's set in a prison. So I thought, oh, it's like sort of Shawshank 2.0. And anyway, there's a Tom Hanks' character in that movie, he has a, a water infection, and he's sort of like really struggling with it, as he puts it, he's pissing razor blades. Uh, and he's walking past the cell of John Coffey, who is one of the inmates on the Green Mile, which is where the uh, prisoners spend their final days before they go to the electric chair. And uh, he's like, come over here, boss. I need to talk to you. He, talk, he, he comes over and he grabs him by the crotch, right? And then like Tom Hanks is freaking out, like, because they're all convicted murderers on the Green Mile. He's like hitting him with his club. He's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then, uh, and then John Coffey like spews all this stuff into the air. And he's like taken his sickness away. I had no idea that this movie had any supernatural elements to it at all. So when, I, so when I saw it, I was like, what's going on? What's happening here? I thought this was a prison movie about people on death row. I didn't realize it was about a magical healing man who's on death row. Yeah, so that absolutely knocked me for 10. I was like, what is going on here? This is a completely different film now. Which I... I really like, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's weird for like our age, and then obviously people younger than us as well, because all the sort of big famous surprise, you know, the Star Empire Strikes yeah. Back and Psycho and things like, it's all been we all know it from pop culture. We don't even have to see the films; we've just yeah. been revealed in various The Simpsons mainly, probably. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's quite interesting to find ones that would have su- genuinely surprised our generation in the cinema. Or just watching films because we can't, and then the the nature of everything as well. Now everything yeah. gets fucking spoiled nowadays. But yeah, Rob, did any come any come to mind for you? Absolutely. Um, but I find it you know that like the definition provided because like major shocks in movies, I I always usually associate them with you know like jump stuff. Yeah, you know like um ah, oh! um and the the biggest jump I can remember in a long time is um. The yeah, the red and black demon from Insidious. Oh, that when is he good. Appears, that, that, oh, yeah, that's that, is. that like is immediately part with your digestive tract, basically. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the um, I, I, but when I think about it, like if I think about it not in that sense, and it's just something that slow burned, absolutely murdered me in a shock sense. It would be what happened to Joe Pesci at the end of Casino. <laughs> I just could could not accept. I could not get my head around and accept what happened to him mm. in that. So yeah, those are my good one. I know you said pick one, and I'm really sorry. No, no. It's <laughs> <laughs> well, that mine wasn't even mine. What I'd what I'd uh, like. There's there's so many great ones. Like you guys seen Mulholland Drive, the um, no, the David no, Lynch, Lynch movie. Well, yeah. I won't spoil it for you, but there's a, a jump scare that's right at the start of that film that just comes out of nowhere. It's not a horror movie. At all. Like, it's one of the most effective jump scares ever put on film. Really? Yeah. Have you guys ever seen uh, Audition? Yes. The uh, yeah. 1999 mo- uh, Japanese movie? Yes. Oh, my God. There is a moment in that. So the film's sort of about this uh, this widower who wants to uh, he wants to find an, uh, a new wife or someone to be his wife moving forward. And he, 
Uh, and he holds auditions. His friend is he a, works in is TV, a movie, doesn't he? Yeah, his friend is a movie producer, if I remember correctly. And they hold auditions, and he sort of becomes enraptured with this one, uh, with this one girl who's a little bit strange. It's probably massively problematic. This setup <laughs> twenty years later, but this is what happens in the movie. He starts looking through her resume, and then a lot of her references don't sort of check out and things. So you know that something's kind of off. And then there's this one point where he's he's this debating whether to ring her or not. And he decides to call her, and she's just like sat in this uh, in this desolate flat by herself, and the phone's ringing, and there's like a sack behind her, <laughs> yeah, uh, and it just looks like it just looks it looks weird. And you're like, all right, okay, well maybe she's just a bit on the odd side. And then when the phone starts ringing, the sack suddenly springs into life, and it's like clearly got a person inside of it, and he starts rolling and hits the. I've never been so terrified uh. in my life. Like, and then that uh. film just goes to eleven yeah, in the that, in yeah. the third act, like goes full torture porn, but an incredible movie. If anyone hasn't seen that movie, audition, check it out. It will blow your mind. Yeah, that whole movie blindsided me. Like the end of it, it's like, what the fuck is going on? Because it's a real it's, slow burn. Uh, it's actually quite it gentle really and slow, it? tender for the first like 45 minutes or so. And where it ends up, you would never, if you pause that at 40 minutes and then someone told you where that film ended up, you would be like, you are out of your mind. This is just a <laughs> nice little romantic drama about a widower who wants to find a new wife. <laughs> What about you, though, Sai? There must have been something that you hold dear to even well, ask I mean, the question. If I'd asked this question and tonight's film wasn't on the agenda, I would have said the moment <laughs> in the film. <laughs> um, but there's, there's like, similar, the, the last time I was genuinely surprised in the cinema, I don't, really, I don't know whether it's classed as a spoiler. I guess it is a spoiler, but then I guess it's not anymore because it's been out a few years. Was when in Interstellar, when Matt Damon pops up, and I was like, oh, what? And that, that was like a proper fucking hell moment. And then there were other things as well, like uh, in The Other Guys, uh, same actor as the surprise in tonight's movie, when him and The Rock just are like these hero <laughs> cops. <laughs> Aim for the bushes. Yes. <laughs> just splat. <laughs> uh, that was just... That is such a good moment in that film. Uh, oh, so to, good. But like the for comedy value, <laughs> that in general is such an underrated movie. It yeah. really is. It really, it's is the, the one where Will Ferrell's got a really hot wife and Mark Wahlberg can't get his head around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's even Mendes and and Will Ferrell's calling her stuff like "You get in there, you old ball and chain." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there was there was another one I wanted to mention, Rob, which I thought would be up your street. Um, executive decision. Oh uh, yes, yes. You know, front is a Steven Seagal movie because he was big. He was hot shit at the time, Seagal, and then uh, yes, he I, fucks I, off this, about ten minutes. In. Well, I think I mean again spoilers. Sorry, this is probably <laughs> the the worst moment of his career. Yeah, career nadir as well. I think actually, I quite like executive decision though. Oh no, I, I love it. Exa- no, for him, obviously. Oh, for him. <laughs> no, not for anyone else. <laughs> it's a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, for him, it's a disaster. And I think that's where it all, you know, like, well, he can never be taken seriously ever again. <laughs> he was the movie star that died. But is it not a good twist to put the huge action star in there and then it kill is, him? It is great. It is great. Yeah. I just wish it wasn't my boy. That's all. My boy! As if you're calling Steven Seagal your boy. 
were you in the crowd in the Kremlin when he was doing his judo? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was not. I was not. Even I saw the video of that and thought that it was rather embarrassing. <laughs> Sorry, it's not judo. What is it? Aikido. 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 Sorry. Come on. Disrespect for the uh, for the martial art. Exactly. The least effective martial art of all. <laughs> <laughs> He's my hero, and we diss him on this podcast terribly. Hey, um, I've seen a lot of Sigal Love on Twitter this week. There's been loads of people bringing up all his old movies, which um, oh, I'm glad the ones we've covered. So yeah, a lot of love. There'll be some more as well. If only he did a, a Bigfoot movie. That's where we could really, you know, <laughs> he could play Bigfoot the fucking size. He could now. play <laughs> Bigfoot doing Aikido. Yes. <laughs> Right, that's enough. Oh dear. So tonight's film, uh, we we've uh, departed the rainy season. We've got the all clear from the meteorological office. Still a bit wet though. Yeah, <laughs> it is a bit on the moist side. Um, and we're out here in Simon's Pick. Tell us. So yes, in the fight against Alzheimer's, there is only one solution: sharks. <laughs> That was definitely the pitch. Oh, I wasn't ready for that. And as some of the world's <laughs> leading marine biologists, a chef and Samuel R. Jackson set up for the weekend in a state-of-the-art offshore research facility, things start to go a bit dodgy when their test subjects start to bite back. This, of course, is Rennie Harlan's anti-shark propaganda piece, Deeply <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, Mr. Franklin, have you ever known anyone with Alzheimer's? No. What if you could end all that suffering with a single pill? Give me till Monday morning, 48 hours. I'll give you results that'll skyrocket your stock price. In the most advanced research facility in the world. Wow. Beneath its glassy surface, a world of gliding monsters. A team of specialists is working against the clock. Did someone order the fish? On an experiment to benefit mankind. Sharks never show any loss of brain activity as they age. We're this close to the reactivation of a human brain cell. But before they can save millions of lives... Tell me I didn't see that. They recognize that gun. It's impossible. Sharks do not swim backwards. They can't. They'll have to find a way to save their own. What the hell did you do to those sharks? Did you feel something? Jim and I use gene therapies to increase their brain mass. What is that? As a side effect, the sharks got smarter. Somebody, please, tell me what that is.
goodness me. Deep Blue Sea. I remember, Sai, you talking about this um, from the very beginning of this podcast behind the scenes with us. Um, why did you pick this movie tonight? Obviously, I mean, like, well, we know why. <laughs> flipping great. <laughs> but why did you bring it to our attention tonight, Sai? Right. Well, yeah, I mean, it's been on the cards for a while. But, um, yeah, my sort of history with this film, this it came out in, what, 1999? Yeah. And I was, what, 13 when it was released? At the time, you know, Jaws was one of my favourite movies. Um, LL Cool J, I was a big fan of LL Cool J. Rock the Bells and all that. And for some bizarre reason, only my 13-year-old self knows, and my friend Martin, we went to see this four times at the cinema. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah... Um, I just absolutely love it. And if you think my judgment of this film will be clouded by senseless nostalgia, you would be right. So uh, <laughs> if you don't like it, fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, uh, James, what's your relationship with Deep Lucy then? I don't think I saw it at the cinema. I certainly didn't see it four times at the cinema. <laughs> but I did. It was very much a video shop rental and one that I remember massively enjoying. And I think some people in our school were talking about it being better than Jaws. I remember that. I mean, morons. I didn't go. To I mean, the... it's not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I didn't go to the <laughs> highest caliber school, uh, but that, that's beyond the pale. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, it was one I really liked Samuel L. Jackson because uh, I was a big fan of the Long Kiss Goodnight. So I, the idea of yeah. Harlan and um, Rennie Harlan and uh, Sam Jackson teaming up again. That seemed like a, a good combination. And then throwing sharks into the mix and LL Cool J, who I wasn't as much a big fan of his of his rap music as I was his after-school um, sitcom, sitcom in the in house. house. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's why I loved him as well. I mean, I liked his music as well, but um, yeah, in the house, I was I was massive on it in the house. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I was, I, I was in for this movie and uh, yeah. Yeah, I I remember getting it out of the video shop on numerous occasions and massively enjoying it. Ah, wicked. Um, I, I saw it at the cinema twice. So um, halfway there, <laughs> as John Bon Jovi famously said. Um, but the yeah, it, it was it was one of those things like, obviously, it loved Jaws. This movie came out. Um, it was right at the point where I could start going to the movies by myself. And... I just like I remember just being so thrilled by it, but also thrilled by the um I saw the I think it was an MTV special of the behind the scenes stuff, which I is a fifteen minute thing that I watched um on YouTube. It's on YouTube that uh, I watched it this week. And it just was just so great to watch. Um no, I, I, I have nothing but the most like brilliant memories of watching this in the cinema on I think we were there on opening night. Um, uh, with a very receptive crowd here in the northwest of England, our friends at Really Double O Seven uh, watched it. The the pickup family they watched it um, on opening night in Washington DC, with a <laughs> primarily black crowd, and they just lost their business <laughs> for LL Cool J in this film. Like. And and uh, you know like no spoilers, but towards the end they were like yeah, standing up. There was standing up screaming applause, all sorts. <laughs> And 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 Tom says from really upset, really upset seven says it's the best movie going experience of his whole life, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't doubt that. I do not doubt that. All because of LL. Definitely definitely. Because of LL. <laughs> but yeah, it was just uh, 
It had everything for me, this one. So, you've picked it, Sai, but how does it qualify? Barely. <laughs> Barely! Oh, God. Are we talking, surely, like, budget box office? This this must be a smash. So, uh, Deep Blue Sea opened on July 30th, 1999, grossing around £18.6 at the US box office uh, that weekend. During its second weekend, the film grossed an estimated $11 million and finished in fifth place. Can you name some of the films that might have been in front of it? 1999. Yeah. Star Wars was Phantom Menace, 99? No, that had been and gone already, I think. Right. Uh, Armageddon? Was Armageddon 99 or 98? I think you're right. It's 98. Armageddon's 98. We've got, um, got a couple of horror films here. <sighs> so big mainstream horror films. From the late nineties. From the late nineties. Uh, Scream. No, so we got the we got the Sixth Sense. Oh yes, that yeah. was massive, wasn't it? That yeah, was that was huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Blair Witch Project. Ah, Blair Witch Project. Ah, was the Matrix ninety nine as well? It was. Yeah, yeah, it was an incredible summer. It was a ridiculous summer. Yeah, Blair Witch Project. I I saw this week that the Blair Witch Project was nominated for a Razzie. <laughs> it's a, oh, it's fucking brilliant. <laughs> Change the game. That. It's a fantastic movie. Uh, And then also in front of it was Runaway Bride with Richard Gere and Julia Roberts. Understandably so. (laughs) And The Thomas Crown Affair, which is a very good movie. Oh, no, yeah, it's good. It's a good one. It's really good. It's a good good remake. Very good remake. remake. Yeah. 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 That should be on the list of good remakes, which is a long list. Haters. So overall, it grossed over, say, it grossed seventy three point seven million in the United States and Canada, and ninety one point four million internationally, for a worldwide cumulative gross of one hundred and sixty five million dollars against a budget of sixty million dollars. So the film's performance was compared to Stephen Sommers's The Mummy and Yanderbont's The Haunting, which had similar budget and made significant impact on the box office in the summer of nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, the Mummy was another big one, wasn't Amazing. it? Nine, nine, it was, yeah. Great, it was so good. I, I really love that film. Really love the Mummy. What a year! What a great year! Yeah, for great year. Ninety-nine. Bravo, everyone! Deep Blue Sea standing <laughs> up there with with the best. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine this was an absolute monster on DVD as well. Yeah, I think because the the lifespan on DVD, I mean, it's still there now, isn't it? Because I think we can all remember that the the front cover of the DVD, you know, the big shark's head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. After Saffron Burrows, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's just like immense um, longevity, I think, that property had on DVD. That's incredible. So in which case then, Sai, please tell me it was revered as one of the greatest um, critically acclaimed movies of all time. So basically... The audience reception for this movie on Rotten Tomatoes is total bullshit. Uh, <laughs> right, that's <laughs> that is a disgrace. It currently sits at thirty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That is, it, that is awful. Metric. It's just ridiculous. Uh, it fares better critically though, um, and is just barely qualifies because it's on fifty nine percent, so it's just classed as rotten. Because I think sixty makes it fresh, yeah, not rotten. Yeah. So, so the critics liked it more than the audience did. Oh yeah. Well, according to Rotten Tomato, I mean, yeah, uh, you know, going off that vague audience thing. Ah. Over on over on Metacritic, it's at fifty four and a six for uh, audience, so it's a bit better on audience over there. But 
Uh, let's be honest. All we care about is Mick LaSalle and what Mick LaSalle had to say. The sheriff. Come on, Mick. Right, Rob, Come let's, on, let's predict this. Do you think he's going to like it or he's not going to like it? Uh, I think it's he's going to say this is a modern day Jaws. Uh, he really likes it. Yeah, I think he's going to think that it's a massive load of popcorn fun and he's going to be well in the bag for it. Come on, Mick, don't let us down. Come on, Mick. Come on, Mick. Mick gave it a big thumbs up. Yes! Uh, yes! It, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I need to get. So I need to. I want to bring his theme tune back. Um, he scored it three, <laughs> three out of his customary four, uh, and he said, "Call it silly, call it obvious, but this is one of the few big fish horror films that still has the power to surprise." So he was, he was into it. He saw it for what it was, and give it the stars. Uh, Ebert liked it as well. Actually, he he also gave it three out of four. Who appreciated Rennie Harlan's. Skills of assembling a neat package of terror, sharks, and special effects. Oh, nice! Obviously, a, re- a review of the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, over uh, over on Letterboxd, it's just it's the old favourite. Um, what what's the most 2. common score we've had on Letterboxd? Two point nine. James. Yeah, two point eight, two point nine, two point seven. So yeah, good. Oh! In that. <laughs> very very good. Uh, with a heady mix of those who liked how crappy and cheesy it is, and those who did not like how crappy and cheesy it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my favourite review is from uh, someone called 24 Frames of Nick, who said, better than Jaws, fuck Jaws, five stars. <laughs> <laughs> love it. And we love you, Ebs. Um, and Sheriff, we always love you, man. But um, th- that, yeah. I know I generally always go to those two, but I just I, I read some of the other reviews and it, one one of them was just like, I don't really like going to the negative views, basically. But one of them was just going, this is nonsensical trash. And you're like, oh, piss off. <laughs> <laughs> but but this is very interesting. Like, So when I was watching this um, uh, on YouTube, this sort of like uh, 1999 behind the scenes video that I was watching, it's massively apparent that Rennie Harlan is everywhere on set. He's like in a wetsuit diving about all over the place shooting this movie. Um, and um, it just like I flipping love the fact this is a Rennie Harlan movie. Yeah. Well, he done he done Cutthroat Island, didn't he? A, a few years before. Yeah. Which was another very watery movie. <laughs> um, and he did <laughs> Die Hard Two, didn't he? Which was a very snowy movie. He did, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> and Cliffhanger, which is an even snowier even movie. Even snowier movie. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you mentioned it before, James. The Long Kiss Goodnight as well. He's got some good, decent action flicks on his resume. He really, he? really does. The sadness is that because um, I I would do cliffhanger on this podcast in a heartbeat, but it does not qualify by a few percent. It's because it. it's too good. Cliffhanger's yeah, it's great. It's too good. It's got one of the best openings ever in any movie ever. <laughs> it really does. It really does. The rival studios' uh, rip off, though, Vertical Limit, does qualify. So, I mean. But I've never seen that, though. So, it's uh... so shit. It's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> James, what did our, our friends on Twitter have to say about Deep Blue Sea? Oh, we got a lot of response uh, from, from the folks on Twitter. So I won't be able to read them all out. Uh, but. Easy going movies. Rewatched this recently. It's both not amazing, but amazing at the same time. I still enjoy it. <laughs> uh, Robert uh, McElroy. It's one of the first times I've heard a movie referred to as awesomely bad, but depending on my mood, I'm inclined to just leave it at awesome. 
Yes. Zowie the Bay Harbour Butcher is back, eminently rewatchable. Uh, and DVD Mike simply says his hat is like a shark's fin. Yes. <laughs> the movie. Okay. I really like the music. Trevor Rabin steps in, doing um, his Trevor Rabin act. This score is insane. It's literally all over the place. It like, is I'm all just, over the place, isn't it? But <laughs> it's, it's just, it, I mean, it's enjoyable, but it's like it's got Jaws undertones and it's got big action beats and it's like a horror movie score as well. And it's all just mm. sort of rammed together running from one scene to the next. Uh, it's very enjoyable, but it's quite a mishmash. But then the movie's a bit of a mishmash as well in terms of it has action beats and horror beats as well. And then it's there's a lot of Jaws homages throughout as well. There's loads, isn't there? There is. Yeah. Can I tell you, I, 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 uh, I was in a mall in Detroit in 1999 and I bought a copy of the original soundtrack. <laughs> on CD or cassette? CD. Uh, I listened to it on, uh, yeah. On on my uh, discman for the rest of the trip. Did you enjoy it? Obviously, it was just on repeat. Deepest, Deepest bluest, my, my heart is like a shark's fin. <laughs> I mean, the, the the soundtrack is really it's, it's proper uh, late nineties, early noughties R and B hip hop. The, the the like actual soundtrack, isn't it? Mm. Um, you know the, the the music on the boat in the opening, and then when they're having dinner in the kitchen later, and then obviously LL's joints over the credits at the end. <laughs> I love the opening to it. It's proper creepy, Wes Craven horror, uh, John Carpenter horror tones, isn't it? Agree with, agree. Yeah. And then I, I was watching it, and, and you know this opening sequence, and I'm like, it is like a horror film, isn't it? This, this, it's like a slasher movie. Yeah, absolutely. There's so many horror nods right through it, right the way through through the film, like from pacing. To the jump scares. To the shark's POV. Mm. They give the shark's yeah. POV, shark vision. They do. Fake jump scares as well. It does have all the horror beats. But I, I like I still think this like when I when I watch this now, it's like this is just pure enjoyment. There's nothing I don't enjoy about this. I mean, it does exactly what it basically you're going in for a fun shark movie where a lot of people are in a lot of peril and they get murdered in hilarious ways by sharks. I mean, it delivers absolutely what it sets out to. I don't care about character development when I'm watching this. <laughs> well, they're all going to get eaten anyway, so there's no, it doesn't really matter yeah. about yeah, the development it's, it's of like, the It's like <laughs> modified sharks eating people. I don't care about character. I don't, I like, uh, right, we've got a bit of scant character stuff for the mate, you know, for some of the people. Like, there's no character work by and large, for anybody else. There's none for Jan or Michael Crapperport. Sorry. <laughs> I adore him, by the way. Um, I think this is his finest hour, to be honest. I think I don't think he's been... I agree with you. His character goes on a journey here. He is, much like the score, he's all over the map in terms of what he's doing from one scene to the next. Because he, you know, he pops up in a lot of stuff, especially like this sort of era. But he's never a main player. He gets a lot of screen time in this film and yeah. he gets a lot of yeah 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 you know he gets a pretty big well, i say arc it's not an arc it's just he's in it quite a lot <laughs> and then, um he does have a definite arc if the arc starts at he's alive and then ends with he's dead <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, lovely um, Thomas Jane is 29 in this film is this his first breakout movie Thomas Jane I think this was the first time I'd seen him because yeah. I didn't know who he was I mean the, Sam, Sam Jackson's the big yeah. tentpole name isn't he big big is, for this film Yeah, uh, him LL Cool J are the big names mm. attached to the film I mean it probably wasn't at the time but it's a properly stacked cast isn't it like Stellan Skarsgård's in this movie yes yeah. looking very young in it isn't he bloody incredible hell. yeah you've got Sam Jackson he's still who's... the oldest member of the cast yeah, yeah. <laughs> is Sam Jackson more famous now or was he more famous back in the 90s I think he's more famous now just for the Nick Fury thing yeah I think cumulative I think he sort of peaked in the 90s and he's just stayed relevant since then yeah, yeah, pretty yeah, consistent. That, yeah that's consistent, the best yeah. way to look at it yeah definitely he's a, he's he's a massive name isn't he yeah and where do you think that came from like pulp fiction Die hard pulp, pulp fiction, fiction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he got the obviously he's in pulp fiction was a huge hit got an oscar nomination then he followed it up with Die Hard with a vengeance which we've previously covered on this podcast so go and check that out uh which he's incredible in then stuff like the long kiss good night and then lots of like those mid-range sort of uh, thrillers and action movies that they don't really make anymore for cinema release. You know, like you know, like the Negotiator and stuff like that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. What was the courtroom one he was in? Oh, yeah. Time to Kill. Time to Kill. Time to Kill. Matthew yeah. McConaughey. Yeah, yeah. He's, in, he's just in loads of stuff, and he works so often as well. There was a point where he's putting out like four or five movies every single year. It was crazy. Mm. And then obviously he's in Star Wars, the prequel trilogy, isn't he? Then yeah. After that, the Avengers comes around and he's he's in 12 of those movies, if, if not more. <laughs> but then it's one of those where you look backwards and like, oh my word, he's in Goodfellas. You know, like, so once he's yeah. made He's his... in Jurassic Park. Yeah, he's in Goodfellas, yeah. he's in Jurassic Park. He's in um, Do the Right Thing. It's like, oh gosh, he's been... Yeah. He's like a yeah. massive movie mainstay, this guy. But that's like, it's an incredible career. I mean, how many actors would want that career where you can just sort of flick through... Big budget blockbusters to working with auteurs to mid range thrillers to dramas. To, yeah. He's just got every club in his bag. It's just incredible. And he's also got a nice little niche in Sam Jackson doesn't fare well when he comes into contact with genetically engineered creatures. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice very, little very. franchise he's got going on there. <laughs> if it's remote and there's genetically engineered creatures, Sam Jackson should not go to that place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it will not end well for him. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so he, so Sam Jackson is, uh, he, he's a sort of billionaire entrepreneur, isn't he? Who's yeah. Sort of funding he is. This. Yeah. I, he's Russell Franklin is his name. Incredible clothes, incredible name. Gorgeous slacks. Um, <laughs> This is after, sorry, um, a really effective... We haven't even talked about the opening sequence. Really effective opening sequence on this boat. Uh, a yacht where some people are um, forever magging to some... Yeah, attractive teens. It's like a horror trope. It is, it, it is. Just, uh... Who lets these people, like... As if some dad somewhere is like, yeah, like, yeah, of course you guys can take the yacht into the middle of nowhere. Go for it. And it's quite clear they've sailed off into the middle of the Mexican Sea or whatever, you know, the Gulf of Mexico. Lovely shot of the wine going in the sea, isn't it? Yeah, lovely. And there's a there's a lot of that in this film. There's a lot of below shots and a lot of over-the-top shots. There is. Which are all quite nicely composed. Yeah. And, there is some quite there, there is some good filmmaking going on amongst the Magnus, and I think I'm, this I'm going sets to, uh, this shot with the red wine going into the sea is kind of one of those shots. I think I, I'm going to say that this is an excellently made film. 
I think. Rennie Harlan <laughs> is a really solid 90s action director. He really is. Like, he's a real safe pair of hands. You know, we've, we've sort of touched on his filmography, but, like, you know, all those movies are absolutely solid. There's no, yes. Obviously, Cutthroat Island was a huge bomb. But outside of that, the rest of the action movies that he made throughout the 90s were really, really solid hits, really well, you know, a, a very safe pair of hands. He's sort of like, I would say he's maybe a rung below like John McTiernan in, yes. in the 90s. Definitely, definitely. He's like, he's yeah. in that um, Yander Bont bracket almost, isn't he? Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Is he Finnish, Rennie Harlan? He is, yes. Yeah. Finland. Um, but like looking at him, like and watching these um, documentaries, uh, he's he's so invested. He's not one of those uh, directors that sits, you know, like he wouldn't have been. He, well, he didn't watch these scenes sat dry somewhere on the edge of a stage, phoning in his own direction. He was in the water with these people. I can't respect that enough. It's it's amazing. You know, when you see like uh, a director in a wetsuit directing a character in a wetsuit. That's all. I just think that's really, really cool. But that that opening sequence is ace. I really like it. And we talk talked earlier about the horror tropes that are, are very, very obvious, but also supremely well played. Um, Jaws was this was the twenty fifth, twenty sixth year after Jaws, and yeah. um, it just felt like it was the we hadn't had a shark movie since then, really. No. And not a good one. No, definitely least. not. Not one that was set, definitely staking a claim at the box office with big Hollywood behind it. Um, so to see this, I remember being like deeply excited about it because, yeah, as a Jaws fan, a fan of the Jaws franchise, I was like, we're never going to get another good shark movie. And then I saw the trailer for this. I was like, oh, my God, it's a shark movie. I, I was like so excited about it. And, and all the other ones that have gone since, I've, I've still got like an air... Uh, an air of excitement about. So I really liked um, the Blake Lively one. You guys see that one? Oh, that's really that's good. The really Shallows, good, actually. It's, the Shallows it's well actually good. Really good. It's well good, that movie. And, and really bleak as well at times. Like, flipping it. That's no good. The, the, the prosthetics are really good. They are, it's, yeah. It's, it's, oh, it's such a good movie. She's really good in it because it's like her who holds the whole film, yeah. doesn't it? Just on this little I, I don't think she gets she's near enough credit crazy. for how good that movie is. Yeah. She doesn't. It's definitely up there. Definitely. Behind this, obviously. <laughs> What's ahead of it? Jaws. Jaws is the answer. Apart from Jaws, yeah. Um, and then we end up with um, Saffron Burroughs has gone off to go and see Russell Franklin in his big old office. And there's lots of um, tooty horn music. Bam, 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 bam. These people are important. And uh, Saffron Burroughs is asking for more money or more time for uh, Fra Russell Franklin's investment into an Alzheimer's project that he's that well that they're all working on on a facility out in the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah, and he's getting cold feet, isn't he, because of the shark attack at the weekend, and he's. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to. The, uh, the stop. James, you sounded like a, a round of golf we missed. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, if you're experimenting with sharks, things are going to happen. Aren't they? And he's like, he's got a little bit spooked about it, but she's like, no, come out to the facility, and I'll prove to you that we're on the verge of of cracking this, and it's going to make you a fortune. So Sam Jackson goes against everything that he will have learned on at Jurassic Park, and he decides to get in a chopper. <laughs> Sorry, a plane, a sea, one of those cheeky little seaplanes, and uh, flies out to a remote destination with genetically enhanced sharks <laughs> roaming around. And I'll tell you what I love about this movie as well. 
is uh, when they're on the way there, they start sort of giving you little breadcrumbs about this haunted past that Samuel L. Jackson's character has that happened on an expedition in the Alps, right? And every time you get a little snippet of this story, I was like, I would watch the fuck out of that Sam Jackson avalanche in the <laughs> Alps, Alps movie. movie. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, well, I yeah, mean, is the implication that the group turned on each other and they had to eat a few of them or they had to kill some I, of them? I, I never knew what this answer was, seriously. Like, because it's very open-ended, like... We and only five came back. Like, what does that mean? Can yeah. you tell us? I mean, what does that mean? <laughs> Samuel, tell us. We don't know what happens, but I'm in. Make that movie. How was that not an offshoot, a prequel to Deep Blue Sea? It's like <laughs> Russell in the Alps. Like, that's it. Just there you go. It writes itself. I mean, it that sounds amazing. Idea. And I do like that when a movie throws up a story in a character's backstory, whereby it's like, I would watch that movie. That would be brilliant. Oh, I mean, I watched yeah, Sam yeah. Jackson in anything, so it's like, yes, yeah, him up the Alps, having to eat his friends to survive. Yes, let's go for That's it. Such a great idea. <laughs> I just love this setup when um, Russell Franklin goes over to the facility because it's like they they say it's because uh, obviously for uh, this sort of horror movie type thing to work, you know, it's like Alien as well, isn't yeah. it? It's that kind of small crew in a isolated facility, far away from civilization and to sort of make that excuse because you'd think this place was filled with workers mm-hmm. and scientists and you know cleaners and and things like that they're all off for the weekend because they run a skeleton crew on the weekend yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's just like everyone's going we've only got about 10 of us that's why it's only this small little core group of people and i'm like yes i love that <laughs> i love that basic stuff yeah it's jurassic park it's right out <laughs> it of really the, it's right on the rule book yeah i love the idea though that right so right the weekend's coming we don't have enough people on site okay so we're gonna have to trim everything back right let's do the major scientific test of the entire year <laughs> uh right now let's do it let's do it while no one's here well they got too cocky didn't they so basically they um thomas jane is the uh, carter blake who saves the teens in the opening sequence uh, he's sort of the wrangler, isn't he? So he's the Muldoon of the film. Oh, yes! And yeah, uh, this was the first time I'd seen Thomas Jane. I remember thinking how rubbish he was. At the time. <laughs> <laughs> he was not rubbish. He's, he spends about 80% of the movie on his ass. <laughs> he he just really falls does. over. He everywhere. really does. Yeah. He likes falling over, yeah. But there, uh, yeah, so it's uh, the, the wrangler and then all the scientists, marine biologists, uh, including Saffron Burroughs and... Stellan Skarsgård completely forgot he was in this movie. Yeah. And this is where we got all the characters coming in. L. Cool J's the chef. Very religious chef, because everyone calls him Preach. Who's got a parrot for no reason. (laughs) (laughs) Just give him someone to talk to, basically. Just really inconvenient Uh, pet. It's a very interesting choice. I I can't argue with. (laughs) But they they all get a bit cocky, don't they, and do the big experiment on on, on one of the big sharks. There's three sharks. They're all female sharks. Absolutely humongous. And it all goes a bit tits up, as these movies do. I'd be disappointed if you didn't go tits up. It just all went to plan. It was like, are you impressed, Mr. Franklin? Yeah, I am. Here's an extra billion dollars. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know you're in for trouble when you, as soon as he gets to this base because you've got 
Michael Rappaport is the is the structural engineer of the entire base, right? I don't know why he has to be on site all the time. It's his work. It doesn't really make sense. You've got someone Tony needs Soprano's to finger sister. tap on the maps, James. Someone that's needs it. To do finger tapping on the yes, wall. Yes, but an engineer when they built a building, they don't hang around afterwards, do they? Just to make sure it stays up. <laughs> <laughs> You've got Janice Soprano uh, on the comms up in the watchtower mm, as well. Yeah. I'm like, I don't think this crew's very solid. I think things are going to go bad here, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. And then you've got Saffron Burroughs, who seems a bit too committed into the work, and Stellan Skarsgård, we're introduced to him, he's literally pissing into the wind <laughs> side of the of the complex. Yeah. But again, it's that it's that thing, isn't it, where you just question the intelligence of these people. Yeah. And that's why these films work, yeah. because they are a bit stupid. And and the way the last few years have gone, I do think people are that stupid. So <laughs> <laughs> Can't argue. Don't argue, will not argue with any of that. We don't waste much time. We're in sort of a, what do they call it? Um establishing mode are here, aren't we? You know? Yeah. So everyone's getting um they're like five seconds to say what kind of character they are. Yeah. Uh, and we're learning about the relationships between people very, very quickly. And Get a nice a... layout of the base, which is helpful for later on. Geography. We've got to get the geography side. <laughs> we have to. I do like that they hold back on Preacher here, though. They don't give much yes. of LL Cool J. Because that means that when we get to the second half of the movie, he's the absolute dude. Mm. It's almost as if they didn't decide to make him the hero until they'd finished the film. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's, I mean, like, I, 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 we love Tom Jane. Welcome back, Tom Jane, to the podcast. Yeah, and LL, he's been on before. Halloween, Halloween. Yeah. Oh, similar time as well. Yeah, and a similar role, the comic relief hero of the movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not a bad role to have, really. No. I think this could be Cool J's finest hour of all time. Oh, yeah, I think so. I can't think of anything that would surpass it. Certainly on an on-screen basis, yeah. I can't remember any other... Like, he did quite a lot of acting in the in the late 90s, early noughties, but this is the one that always stands out yeah. when I think of his acting career. Obviously, it's unparalleled to his music career, isn't he? Because yeah. he was a real... Two separate things. Yeah, he was a real trendsetter, wasn't he, in terms of, uh, in terms of hip-hop. Yeah, films like In Too Deep and Any Given Sunday. Any Given Sunday was a big one. Oh, Any Given Sunday was amazing. Yeah, but he gets screamed off the screen by Al, doesn't he? He's just going insane <laughs> in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> but but they, like, so we get that his introduction is they have like a party at night, don't they? Um, yeah, it's Saffron Burroughs' birthday, I believe. And uh, they give her a little surprise party and gets, we suppose, you know, they're all just hanging out. They're all a bunch of buds who work on this aquatic facility out in the middle of nowhere. It does look amazing. We're having a few cocktails before the big experiment the following day. Of course. Why not? The the big understaffed experiment the following day. <laughs> this, I think, yeah, I think the experiment's really great. I think it's all so well put together. I like agree the, with you, man. You know, the core basics of the filmmaker done really well. Like, it's just high tension. Um, it's all well cut and well shot. And there's no dialogue. It's all just a lot of eye acting and yeah. really well... You know, whip pans and yeah. really well cut. Yeah, they got a big old animatronic shark in there as opposed big to animatronic yeah, shark which which also there. like I because um, when you say that side, like I don't question any of the character stuff or you know like how silly it is the fact that they're in there all by themselves and doing a major experiment on a shark when essentially there's like eight people on the entire facility. 
I I don't question any of it. So the so the plan here is is they they stick a big syringe. Basically, they bring the shark up, don't they? Tom Jane has to do something incredibly dangerous in order to sedate yeah, it to yeah, get yeah. it into the little pool. The idea is that they're going to extract this protein. They're trying to cure Alzheimer's by using uh, protein from shark brains because sharks have been clinically proven not to have any brain degradation as they move into into old age. And the idea is then that they extract this protein from their brains and then make it into a pill or a shot or what have you, and then it'll be a big pharmaceutical boom and then everyone will... Alzheimer's will be clear, uh, will be cured, and Anthony Hopkins can't win his Oscar in twenty twenty one. Look again, James. You you've explained the film so much better than than the film did. So <laughs> that's the general gist of it. And Sam Jackson is bankrolling this, and he's going to make a fortune if it works. And in fairness to him, they do the experiment, and it does work. There's just one wrinkle at the end of the experiment. Stone Scars gets a bit too close to the. Shark's mouth. Shark's playing possum. He's not really knocked out. <laughs> it's a huge but not unexpected heel turn for the shark. <laughs> it basically does bite Stellan's arm off. I mean, if you're going to put your arm near a shark after it's you've just brilliant. injected him it's in the brilliant. head with a massive syringe, then you've only got yourself to blame. And then from there, Bosch were off on, on the way now, isn't it? I love this because um, I thought Stellan Skarsgård's character was disdainful of the sharks right the way through from the beginning. Oh, yeah, he had no and respect. Supreme arrogance. So I liked it when they, they whipped him. I liked it. It's great. Yeah, so Skarsgård gets the most, well, I mean, assuming it's because he's so disrespectful of the yeah, sharks. Yeah, he, he gets them. the most prolonged death it's amazing. Yes, in cinema, <laughs> surely. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah. So he gets his arm chopped. He's losing a lot of blood, and it's a great effect as well. It's like, great, exactly. yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's it? a really close-up slow-mo shot of it snapping his arm off, uh, and he's just bleeding out everywhere. And there's the there's the other doctor, isn't it, uh, Janice? Who's yes, they're in a really relationship. To him. Yeah, I think they, yeah, it's implied. They must have cut something. Yeah, it's yeah. implied. Isn't yeah, it? so Jacqueline McKenzie. You get a, a, an idea of how smart these sharks are because there's there's a suspicion that they've been breaking some sort of rules, genetic testing, genetically yeah, yeah. modifying yeah. the the sharks. You get an idea of how clever they are because the the a, a helicopter evac comes in to get um, uh, Skarsgård's character. And while they're taking him away, <laughs> it's like that video of the woman spinning on the uh, on this rescue helicopter. <laughs> he's on a he's on a stretcher being airlifted in this horrendous storm, and then he falls. They drop him into the water. <laughs> well, I think honestly, the driver of the the chopper is like, "This is too good." The driver, the, the pilot, the pilot. Sorry, <laughs> the pilot is like, it's this "Not is an Uber." <laughs> <laughs> the pilot's like, this is too good an opportunity not to go fishing with a human as bait. I'm going to lower him in. But, I, I've got to drop get some him in. Comedy YouTube hits out of it. <laughs> um, yeah. but, and then the the sharks get him and uh, basically ram ram raid him into the into the. Well, I mean, they the don't just ram raid him. They the... chuck him from miles out like that. Yeah, <laughs> chuck because, him out. But, because he's got oxygen on, he's alive during this it, it's, process. It, it's so funny. <laughs> it's so demeaning. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think these sharks had definitely <laughs> enjoyed uh, the Shawn Michaels, Marty Jannetty heel turn <laughs> barbershop moment because that's essentially what they do to Paul Stellan here. Chucking through the barbershop window whilst on a stretcher. Chucking through the laboratory, the under- underwater laboratory window. <laughs> what I love about this moment as well is they're all just stood there just looking at it and he's like, he's like pressed up against the window like, with his oxygen mask on looking terrified. If he even knows what's going on, he's left, lost so much blood at this stage. <laughs> Plus, he's in salt water, so that's probably really smart in at this moment. <laughs> and he's just looking at his friends in the water, and the glass is cracking, and they're all like, hmm, should we run? No. Let's wait for it to, the water to actually start pouring through before Sam Jackson goes, right, we need to go now. I do like he's the one who says we've got to go. You know, he's sort of like not trained at all in these experiences, but he's through experience. Well, yes. He's the man who knows you, you've got to get going here at these points. Yeah, through haunted holiday up the Alps. <laughs> he knows things are about to go very wrong. He's, um, he's just thinking about who he's going to eat first. <laughs> and the thing is, it's, it sets him up as... What I think with this film is that it's not really sure who the lead is, and I think it's clear that they've kind of changed who the ultimate hero was going to be, you know, after they'd done the the testing. Um, so they sort of set a few different people up to be the heroes as, as you go through. And at this point, you're very much like, well, Sam Jackson is the well-known movie star out of everyone here. So obviously he's going to be the leader moving forward. And that it's a real brilliant stroke given what comes is, down the pike in 10 minutes time. <laughs> oh, it is. It is. I mean, they, they, they sort of scrap their way across the facility and end up in a, an area because they're trying to get to where the submarine is. Yeah, uh, submarine is battered. Um, it's not in the water, but they've said it's been smashed up by something that can only be. <laughs> is well, the implication shark, that like... the sharks got out of the water with baseball bats <laughs> and smashed the sub to bits? <laughs> or even worse, that you know, it was out of the water and the sharks were just like chucking themselves <laughs> this thing to break. <laughs> Nonsense. Um, but all <laughs> great. All great. Yeah. Uh, so they all get wetsuits on. Yeah. Sam Jackson does his... Uh, Sam Jackson's agent has said... gonna die anymore! So, it's just so good. Like, this speech is brilliant, isn't it? Like, It's such a good monologue, isn't it? Yeah. It's really, really And he's good. just getting warmed up. He's just getting warmed up. You can feel it. Like, he's just yeah. building and building and building. And uh, then, yeah incredible moment where a cheeky little devil just pops its head out the out the water and and snarfs down Sam Jackson. So <laughs> right, can I tell I'm in two minds here. Because on one hand, I think it's one of the boldest moments in movies yeah. of not just the nineties, but since. Uh, there's not been a, a moment in a movie where a main character of Sam Jackson standing has been murdered like that. If there is anyone out there, any example that you want to mention, I will happily be wrong. I'd, I'd not bother about being right at all. But is it also a question of, like, when it happened, I was like, ah, because it's Sam Jackson, not because of the hideous CGI that claims him. <laughs> yeah, the CGI hasn't, hasn't aged the CGI especially well. Is it? I don't know if it was good at the time, to be honest with you. I mean... $60 million sounds like a lot of money, but for a big water movie like this, they probably needed at least another 20 
<laughs> so there's apparently there's 14 different effects houses working on the sharks and you can tell because the sharks Seriously. are different from one scene to the next. Yeah. Well, they also have that thing of being different sizes. Yeah. They, yeah. Because the, the an- animatronic side of it is great. Isn't oh, it's it? incredible. Yeah. But that's usually when they're out of the water or just on the surface of the water. Or in the water. Have you seen that footage of Tom Jane swimming with the animatronics? It's it's unbelievable. We'll put it on the Twitters. It's unbelievable, this footage. So Rennie Harlan said that this was the hardest film that he's ever made because I don't think he had enough budget, essentially. I think 60 million sounds like a lot, but with the amount of visual effects in this film and the water... And you know how many resets you have to do and drain the set in between each take. It's just an incredible upheaval, and they probably needed at least twenty million dollars more mm. in order to polish it a little bit more. But I think it kind of—I think the shonky CGI kind of works for it in in retrospect because it gives it this sort of retro yeah. feel. And maybe that's why audiences haven't taken to it too much because maybe it reminds them too much of those. You know, those sci-fi original movies like Sharknado and Birdemic and mm. stuff like that have got really shoddy CGI. And maybe that's what this comes across as. But at the time, this was a big studio movie. You know, it's a, yeah. it's a Warner Brothers movie. It is a Warner Brothers movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so even though it looks like, from an effects standpoint, like a like a sci-fi original movie or one of those asylum pictures, it was actually a huge budget summer summer blockbuster. And I think possibly that's why audiences haven't taken to it because they think that maybe it's it's a cheesy sort of made for TV movie, where, which it which it wasn't. Mm. I I certainly don't remember it ever being particularly bad CGI. No, no. But you know, I, that was one of the things what actually surprised me on the rewatch. I was like, oh god, it, it's actually really crap. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's really really chunky. Yeah, and 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 it is usually you know where the 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 proper ragdoll the people when it when they. They eat you know, Sam Jackson and they take him underwater and just like rag him around <laughs> and it's like oh yeah this looks a bit this looks a bit crap <laughs> they <laughs> but, rip him to bits it's outrageous they've got, but they've got a, like a baby one from nowhere who's the baby that eats his head I don't <laughs> Who's the baby? Well, they, they've got all the sh- well, they've got all the sharks, haven't they, in the facility? Because there's a scene that start with tiger sharks, and there's there's a few tiger sharks knocking about. But they eat them, don't they? They're food. Well, they do. But there might be some <laughs> more knocking around. I mean, how ethical is this place? <laughs> well, they're dicking around with the humans now. They don't care about the tiger sharks. Yeah. So well, they're all dead anyway. Um, <laughs> so Sam Jackson's dead. But what's happening with LL Cool J while all this has been going on? He's been because he's on his own, isn't he's he? He's a legend. Yeah. He's like, just being an absolute legend. This is one of my favourite scenes of, like any kind. I think L Cool J in the kitchens uh, when the kitchen is flooded and it comes in and he has to get in the oven. It's such a great scene. Yeah, the oven sw- the shark switches the oven on, which is yeah. <laughs> it's just it has so much well, about smart it. sharks it's so now. Good. They know. Like, well, yeah, they got the brains. <laughs> got brains. Um, I think I can't think again. This scene though, it's got so many bits and bobs in it that is so enjoyable, so exciting that harks back to all that. Like it's like an update of all those horror tropes, uh, Jaws tropes, all that kind of stuff. It's just great. It's great, great fun, and it's anchored by a dude who is clearly chucking himself at it in LL Cool J. Yeah, absolutely. And I think they ob- they didn't obviously didn't expect that for the film as well, for it, him to work as well as he did. 
as I'm sure we'll discuss come the end of the film. But um, yeah, yeah, this scene is this scene is great. And then he's separated from the rest of the crew, isn't he? So yeah. they're in an elevator shaft now after Sam Jackson has gone, <laughs> like just which was just completely <laughs> a surprising turn. Uh, the sharks flood the. Uh, the elevator shaft don't need to rise the water so they can get to the... <laughs> uh, oh, it's just genius. This is after LL's has blown one up, hasn't he? Because he blows a shark up in the kitchen. He, <laughs> he jolly does. Uh, and then he saves the day with all the people lost, uh, trapped in the elevator shaft. Mm. But I just think like all these moments of tension are just done so well. The bit in the kitchen, the science bit, this bit in the elevator shaft. Uh, with all the rising water and Tom Jane on his ass, because he's he's like supposed to be the hero, but he's a bit crap. <laughs> oh yeah, he does literally nothing throughout this. He just swims about and nearly gets eaten a lot. That's yeah, yeah. that's it really. And all the while, Saffron Burrows is still trying to sort of keep shtum about uh, the reason why these sharks are so smart. She's like, oh, I don't know. Don't why. Know. <laughs> oh, gosh, they worked uh, that out. Oh, why would they do that? I've got no oh, idea. golly gosh, I don't really understand why these sharks are so intelligent. Oh, Well, it was, the, it was the line from the trailer. I still remember it now. Like, the sharks got smarter. It's <laughs> um, sort of a haunting. Weird, yeah. Mm. Keep one eye on the sky. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Saffron Burrows basically she she separates herself because she needs to get all her data because that's valuable to the everyone else. Just like we just need to survive because I think um, everyone's Janice fuming with the, her at this point because she's like, yeah, like you broke the Harvard protocol or whatever it is, and you purposely you and Stellan basically made these sharks more intelligent and now they're super intelligent and they're hunting us down one for one and they're, they're winning, basically. <laughs> yeah. They brought the game to us and they're, they're, they're leaving with the trophy. Mm. No, they're, yeah, they're, exactly. If we go back to the heel term, they're leaving with the championship belt. They're taking Absolutely, it. yeah. <laughs> I don't think sharks needed a heel turn to show that they were bad, <laughs> like, to be honest. No, anti-shark propaganda, Rob. This is I'm not so sorry. You're absolutely like. right. I, you're absolutely right. I was suckered in. <laughs> so they... Um, oh, gosh. There's so many plans going on. One of the plans emerges that um, uh, Michael Crapaport and um, Thomas Jane are going to make a, a really ill-fated trip back into the, the, the main lab. Um, yeah. Well, full of water and... and open to sharks I, why you would go in there I, I just do not have a clue but they well, do go they have there. to get something up and running again don't they that's why they go in there so basically Rappaport is doing Sam Jackson's part from Jurassic Park he's essentially Arnold he has to go out to a shed out <laughs> to, <laughs> to fire something up again and basically come a cropper in the lab don't they And well mm, Rappaport yeah. does because they need to drain a stairwell don't they they do yeah yeah. so that's essentially what they're going in there to do and there's a brilliant uh, Ben Gardner Homage as well. There is, in, uh, yeah. Where... It's a great one, isn't it? Well, who is that who's upside down? Um, Skarsgård. Is it um, Skarsgård? Yeah, finally dead. I'm, abs- I'm surprised he wasn't still alive. To be honest, his oxygen tank got traumatised. It's one of those stupid... Mo- this whole thing is one stupid movie decision at this point. Oh, I mean, the whole movie is a stupid movie decision. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> fair, enough, fair enough. But, but my God, am I enjoying it. Like, like yeah. you know, if like I'm thinking at the minute, my kids, obviously, well-documented, didn't like Jaws, loved the Meg. They are going to crap their pants when they see this. This is well better than the Meg, I've got to oh, say. Oh, it is. That. It, it is, is, it is well better than the Meg. <clears throat> Hence, they'll crap their pants. 
They'll, <laughs> uh, they'll crap a port their, their pants. <laughs> <laughs> the Meg... I mean, obviously this is missing uh, lovely Jason Statham going, It's a Megalodon. But... Uh, <laughs> It riffs a lot on this film. It does. And this film riffs Definitely. a lot on Jaws. Definitely. With love, though. It's not ripping you, it off. But you have to. Of course like, like, you, you have to. You have to do these things. Why not? One of the best bits of trivia I read was that uh, the sharks die in the same ways and same order the sharks die on Jaws, I think. What? in the... So they, they blow up the first one, electrocute the second one. I don't, I don't know if that's true, but that was something I'd read, which was, I was like, that's really good. <laughs> that's a really <laughs> that's smart true, that, piece that is of planning. outrageous. Yeah, so, I mean, we've got the, when they when they capture that tiger shark right at the start to feed it to the other sharks, it's got a license plate in its mouth, which is obviously a nod to Jaws. We've got this scene here in the lab with Stellan Skarsgård floating by, which is basically Ben Gardner's head in the boat. We've got mm-hmm. the shark being blown up to smithereens. That you know, it's all, um, and we have a lot of footage from the shark's perspective. It's clear that Rennie Harlan is really digging the original uh, Jaws movie. And, yeah, absolutely. And more power to it. I don't think you can ignore something that's such a behemoth in in the genre. You have to pay it lip service almost, and and nod to it and understand where these influences are coming from. Yeah, it's all done with love, though. It is, yeah, oh, it that. is, and it has yeah, to be but... as well because you can't like. What is it? Jaws was 75? 75, 76, something like that. So we're, I mean, we're, we're approaching, oh goodness me, I mean, it's like 50 years later. Yeah. If a film on the sort of vague topic of the, is of the film that you want to make, but that film absolutely reinvented how that could be, is, is so solid and iconic. It's like a brick, a giant brick lodged in that genre. You can't ignore it. You can't not pay homage. You can't get past it in a lot of ways. Jaws, there, there can't be shark movies now. Jaws was so good, there cannot be shark movies without Jaws being mentioned in the same breath. Do you think that's why it took so long for a mainstream yeah, movie to happen? Definitely, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Just like, no, nothing can touch that movie in terms of quality and impact as well, like cultural impact. It's, absolutely. It's because most impactful films ever, not even a shark movie. It's just, you know, yeah. it stopped people going in the sea for so long. My mum still doesn't. I said to my mum tonight, like, right, you know, when we were coming on, like, what, what moment in the cinema shocked you? My mum said Ben Gardner's head in a boat. Yeah. Seriously. And she said it an hour before we came on to. So, and that was my mum and dad's first date, was watching Jaws in the cinema. Incredible. And it was Ben Gardner's head made mum chuck a handbag on someone else in the cinema. <laughs> it's like that that is just no, it's just so incredible, isn't it? That that's the footsteps that shark movies have to follow. That all yeah. the movies don't have to follow. Which is also why, in a sense, that dinosaur movies got absolutely shredded by Jurassic Park. Because yeah. you can't repeat it. It's so good. You can't do a God damn you, Spielberg. Why, yeah. <laughs> Why are you movies. so good at this stuff? Why? Come on, man. It's well, he's, he's, he's overrated, of course, isn't he? Well, um, is this according, according to, to, the, to the youth? Uh, yeah, uh, well, I think you'll find that Spielberg, yeah. Absolute nonsense. Imagine how little joy you have in your life if you think that Steven Spielberg is an overrated director. <laughs> like, you are incapable of joy, in my humble opinion. <laughs> Honestly, I think I think you need tucking in for an early night for the rest of the night. First, <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, um, I don't even know where we were. <laughs> well, we're, so, so you're dead. 
Crapper Point's dead. Yes. He does. Crapper's uh, been gone. I didn't. I was. Uh, you know, uh, all the CGI deathy stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. It's no sweat. But Crapper Point's little leg doing that. <laughs> doing a little twitch. Oh, the little doing twitch. a little twitch. Mm, that was a bit gross. Yeah, we're probably at this point um, approaching the least savoury part of the movie. Yeah. With Saffron Burrows. Oh, oh yeah, she's on her own trying to get all the things. Oh. She she just gets naked for no reason. <laughs> It's not for no reason. It's to electrocute a shark. Well, yes, it's, it's, yes, that's true. Yeah, and she yeah. has to. I'm sure the shoes would have done the the job the, yes. the job well. I know though, it's absolute nonsense, <laughs> isn't it? Right, it's like, well, she needs to she needs to stand on something that's waterproof. What's waterproof in it? Way, get her out of that wetsuit. Way, way. <laughs> yeah. All the lads behind the, in Video Village absolutely loving it. It's like, oh god, guys, this is it was not necessary. So. It was all going so well, though, wasn't it? And then they just ruined it all in this one moment. It's like that bit in Star Trek Into Darkness, isn't it? When um, yeah. Alice Eve just it cuts away and she's just inexplicably in her underwear. Yes. You're like, what, what? What? And it's the same with this. But um, it's quite, she's, you know, it's quite badass that she manages to electrocute the shark yeah. and kill. So the second one's down now, there's only one left. I, I, I really enjoyed the bit with the coffee table. The fact that she thinks she can protect herself by standing um, sort of like 10 inches up onto a coffee table that's also still underwater. <laughs> there's, the, there's the sort of like fake jump scare, isn't there? Yeah, you see fake oh, yeah, the yeah. Behind yeah. Her. The and f- the music goes the for model. it as well, doesn't it? Yeah, it's great. That's very good. Yeah. But again, the enjoyment is there. Um, I do not care for this moment when she does this. No, it's no, it's because well, at the end of the day, she doesn't actually have to be the platform she's on. Shoes will do the job. She's got rubber shoes on, but the platform she's on (laughs) is not in the water, so it's not necessary. Yeah, at all. But anyway, anyway, it's not a very nice. It's deeply unsavory. Yeah, there's a there's 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 one shark left now, and we're back to the surface. There's only yeah. three people left now, so it's uh, Doctor Susan, McAllister. I'm Carl so so Blake. so sorry, sir. You, you've gone too far. You've overgone the the amazing sermon oh, that uh, that preacher gives. I mean, I glossed over it for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't like that. <laughs> Not a huge fan of aggressive prayer. If I'm honest, no. it's, uh, the, well, dropping f bombs into prayer, bold take on the on the genre of prayer. <laughs> the sort of the the way it all comes around with his religion is quite good, though. In the end, whether he's fighting off the shark, <laughs> but yeah. So who who it is just them three left, though, isn't it? It's so, it is, yeah. Saffron Burrows, Tom Jane, and L. Cool J. Yeah. Trying to get out with this one last shark to do, yeah, and to, I to, to get rid of. I howled with laughter when they figured out what had been happening. So right at the start of the movie, Tom Jane is like, "Oh, how high are the fences?" Blah blah blah. Mm. Oh, the titanium. Don't worry about it. But then on the tops are just about steel, and basically the sharks are this clever. Or Michael Rappaport is such a terrible structural engineer that they have <laughs> figured out they've mapped it in their little shark brains, right? Or massive shark brains now, thanks to Saffron Burroughs, right? <laughs> and they've figured out the structural integrity of the facility and managed to sink it so that they can bite through the weaker part of the fence mm. and get out into the deep blue sea. Bullshit. Yeah. Oh, I loved it when he said it. They actually oh, said it, didn't the they? 
Titles yeah. in movies. Oh, so, lovely. And I was just like, oh my God, this is such a damning indictment of Rappaport's character's uh, <laughs> credentials as a structural engineer uh, and this facility. I mean, Sam Jackson is throwing absolute wads of cash at this thing. Like, get it. If it can't be outsmarted by a shark. And basically, they just sank the whole facility and they've chased the humans around this, <laughs> this facility in order to sink it. All, all part of the plan as well, wasn't it? To <laughs> literally run them around it to sink it as much as possible. I, I love the idea that they, they know that, like, we don't want to sink it too much. Just ten feet will do. But that's it. That for me is it's all part of the. That's that's it. It's like the movie doesn't take itself seriously at all. It knows exactly what it is, and it's like yeah, lean into that. Yeah, the sharks are basically taken down a whole facility so that they can get out into the ocean, and they know the difference between titanium and steel and what they can bite through. Yeah, why not? Let's just go with it. It's absolutely fine. <laughs> as long as you're having a good time, why would you question it? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Only if you don't like your own life. <laughs> when you go home mm, not happy now with this ending James did you read about this with this ending how yeah. it actually changed from what they'd originally oh really shot so yeah, yeah they had Saffron Burroughs as the as the hero so I think everything up at where she starts she decides to bait the shark and she's like it might be the smartest animal in the world, but it's still just an animal. Yeah, one that's just sank your facility, so you should put some respect on its name. <laughs> Killed <for stars>. all <laughs> of your colleagues. <laughs> Spared your mate through a <laughs> underwater laboratory window. So yeah, you know, <laughs> settle down. And anyway, she was supposed to be the hero, um, and that that ending tested so poorly with audiences that they went back and re-edited the movie took out some of the scenes that made her more sympathetic as a character and bumped up LL Cool J's screen time and then did a few reshoots. Basically, the audience were of the opinion that this was all her fault and she deserved to die. Brilliant. (laughs) Brilliant. Oh, brilliant. Uh, It was Rennie Harlan's idea to make LL Cool J the hero, citing that everyone liked him and he was a pretty cool guy. Well, it's <laughs> basic. Losing the name, Rennie. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just love that LL Cool J knocks everyone's socks off like he became the hero of the movie. And uh, he, how does he become the hero of the movie, Rob? When he, because you think he's got it, he, he, you know, he's been eaten, don't you? He gets caught in the jaws of the shark, well, and there's it, blood everywhere, and he's. Uh, well, he does. He, he definitely goes, died in the initial part. Of, in the initial, he surely. Yeah, he, he goes full um, ITV edit of Jaws Four: The Revenge, when you think that Mario Van Peebles has died, <laughs> because like they in in the ITV edit, like he goes under and he's eaten, and then they cut the movie. Um, but in the actual movie, the actual edit of the movie, when I got it on DVD years later, uh, Mario, Van, Mario Van Peebles floats to the surface like, hey, I'm here. <laughs> I'm alive. <laughs> so, yeah, no, this is... Maybe that's a homage as well. Well, I would have thought so. Well, maybe, yeah. And <laughs> yeah. I, I'm glad um, LL Cool J survived and managed to stab a shark in the eye with his crucifix. It would have been a terrible idea to have Saffron Burroughs as the, as the hero in the end, I think. Oh, I agree, mm. yeah. I agree. I, and, and she I gets fact... unceremoniously eaten, doesn't she? And She gets, like, proper eaten, like, halved and munched. Then there's a bit of a gag at the end. Yeah. When the shark is dead. Which they blow it up in the most ridiculous manner possible. It's a, f- a humongous explosion. <laughs> 
I, I enjoy that very much. Uh, and then we get the whispers of something uh, in in in, the, in sort of in our ears. Well, we thought we had the best closing credits song ever uh, in Rain of Fire last week, but uh, <laughs> this one trumps it. We've had three oh on the God. bounce now, so Black Rain had an incredible oh, end credits yeah. song. It did, yeah, it did. <laughs> and then this one, I mean. Do you want some? Do you want some hot bars from the from this track? Uh, uh, yes, yes, please. please. Man made terror, hungry jaws of death. You'll don't cross my depths. I'll pause your breaths. That's it's a strong opening. <laughs> my world's deep blue. Killers got to eat too. Looking for human flesh to rip my teeth through. I mean, there's no cursing in this nice. at all. It's it's very it's a very clean. Well, it's a it's a it's a family film, James. <laughs> Family song for a family film. <laughs> Alpha, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Killer sworn to beast, swallowed them in flames. They switch my DNA, trip me into Cool J. I can't fight the feeling. I'm born to kill prey. I mean, these are sick bars. <laughs> my favourite bit of this song is how he's written it from the perspective of the shark, which is very genius. Well, I mean, but the, like, the, have you seen the video, guys? Oh, it's incredible! Oh yeah, he took he, he morphs into a shark. So I think yeah. I think the video that like the lyrics are especially pertaining to the theme of the video that he is one of the sharks. He is a shark. Well, or did he have an early version of the script where he actually turned out that LL Cool J, the shark <laughs> character, was a I mean, shark? Because she, that she, <laughs> it was an inside job. <laughs> That's how they did the structural integrity of the facility because they had a man on the inside. Oh was... my! <laughs> like the, in the, in the video, one they, third man, they one have... third shark, one third chef. <laughs> LL Cool J. <laughs> in the video, he he like he properly morphs between shark and man, doesn't he? It's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. it's so. Like, it, so, <laughs> I, I mean, it's just. Ga- I mean, and he's it's... got contacts in, Annie. He? He's got like fully. He has like eyes. listeners. Yeah, please go on YouTube. Like pause us for a second. Go over to YouTube. Watch this music video. It's it. I, I don't even know how to describe what you're going to see, but I promise you, you'll be happy. Well, it's basically LL Cool J in dungarees <laughs> in the facility, isn't it? And does anyone like wearing dungarees more than hip hop artists from the '90s and <laughs> chubby toddlers? And and he's very wet because this was like at the phase of El Cool J where he was very, it was very, he was very saucy. So he just loves getting wet and dancing provocatively. And Um, it's, but I love this was it was the era as well. Like he 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 made wicked songs to films because he was on the song for Space Jam where there was like a yes, there was the R Kelly song, but then there was also the song for the Monsters with all. Was it him and Method Man and yeah, it was a yeah. class song uh, as well. Be real and oh, it was brilliant. Was it hear them high, hear them high, hear them Yeah, high. Coolio hear was in it. Incredible. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. That, song is uh, that was another soundtrack that I owned on CD. What a soundtrack! L. Cool J's verse was the best one. He spat flames. He did, yeah, and big strings as well. There's a there's a sample in there as well, isn't it? What what song is it sampling in there? It's it's on the it's under the chorus. It was familiar to me anyway. But it reminded me a lot of um you remember when Puff Daddy did his uh song with Jimmy Page for the oh, 1997 yeah, yeah. Godzilla which had yeah, big yes, strings yeah, in yeah. as well. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. What a song that was. Yeah, it's absolutely oh, wow. a huge tune that. Yeah. 
just hilarious 90s nineties supporting song. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with this stuff. It's so good. Brilliant. They were often as good as, or not, if not better than the films themselves. Like Wild Wild West by Will Smith for oh, the film yeah. Wild 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 is like is like the greatest song ever com- ever recorded when you compare it to the flaming the dog film. turd that is the actual <laughs> movie. As if he turned on the Matrix to do Wild Wild West. What was he thinking? Will Smith was so hot <laughs> at the end of the 90s, right? That music video for Wild Wild West, the film, cost $7 million. <laughs> I remember it premiering on MTV. It's about 20 minutes long. Oh. Just this massive, massive video. <laughs> Obscene. I guess better than the actual film. It's unreal. It is better. It is better than the film. So yeah, I I do love that hip hop artist doing an incredible on the nose tie in song with huge production and a huge video. I'm definitely not against that. (laughs) We need to bring that back now. I think, but we don't have artists like that anymore. We don't have anybody like this anymore that we could that could do that really. I don't think. No. Well, Um, maybe I'm sure that our younger listeners could. Could well, I'm sure they could, but the what do we want? So. Like, um, oh, it's Deep Blue C4 with a tie-in video by Logan Paul. <laughs> I'm not sure he's the height of rap nowadays. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Right, so, lads, favourite bit of Deep Blue Sea? You mean apart from the theme song? Because apart, that is Obviously. Well, I mean, obviously, yeah. Yeah, yeah I've, I've got to go for Rappaport's death, you know. It's a good one. I think he ends up... So this is this is the anatomy of that scene. So he ends up in a shark's jaws. He gets rammed into a fuse box, goes full Marv from Home Alone 2, <laughs> and is ripped into shreds. And the only thing that remains is his severed, twitching leg disembodied in the water. It's just... It, it's. I mean, it's between him and Skarsgård as to who gets the best death in the movie. It I is, yeah. yeah. They it are is. both very good. Sai, what about you, man? I, I just love the um the kitchen scene with L Cool J yeah. where the shark eats the bird when the mm. when he's trying to get his bird off the pan and then it just eats the feathery ass over And then and then he gets in the the whole thing in the oven is just brilliant. I, I, I just yeah, and then the, the the way he dispatches the shark. I just think that whole scene is great. <laughs> I just everything Every moment with L. Cool J is 10 out of 10 for me. He's ace in this movie. He delivers exactly what this material requires in that role. Uh, yeah, no wonder brilliant. he's the hero of this movie. Because I'm, I'm going to say as well that one of my favourite bits, well, my favourite bit in the movie is L. Cool J, uh, an L. Cool J moment, which is when um, he finds the um, digital rec- uh, camcorder. Oh yes, what a bit this is! And uh, oh, he God, looks yeah. into it, and he's doing like his own, like like a eulogy for himself. And he's like, you know, what am I left with? You know, um, I'm a failed father, failed priest, failed man. What am I left with? Um, what can I? What can I? It's something like, what can I leave you with? And it, it is, and then he gives the the recipe for the perfect omelet, which <laughs> I still follow. I literally still follow. Yeah, I I remember this uh, very vividly. Every time I'm making an omelet, <laughs> two eggs, not three. Uh, don't add milk. And you don't add Don't add milk. No. <laughs> Some add milk for density. This is a mistake. Do people actually <laughs> yeah. add milk to omelets? Yeah, my yeah, mum yeah. does. My yeah. mum does oh, as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I don't because LL Cool J told to me it was preacher. a mistake. Yeah, so. yeah. I think I've absorbed <laughs> that through osmosis. Yeah, because it's, uh, I couldn't. I wouldn't even think to do that. 
No, no. And, and don't do three, because I've done three in the past as well. It gets heavy Yeah, going. it doesn't work. It doesn't work. You end up with burn. It burns. It's bit, that's it's like pot. big boy stuff, that. And it's too big yeah. boy, and it's a bit messy, a bit heavy. Um, but it's it like because I think he's a really nice. There's a really nice moment of his acting when he's like, "What do I have to say to you?" And he's looking down at the camera, and then he his little eyebrows go, "Bing." Yeah. Today we'll start with a perfect omelet. <laughs> I think it's really nice. <laughs> really nice. I really like that moment. Uh, so, deep blue sea gents, for your reconsideration, uh, Sai will go last, as is per our custom, the phrase that we all like. James, would you like to go first? Okay. So this film is massively cheesy, super dumb. The effects are woeful and it's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> because of those reasons and in spite of those. <laughs> I'm not sure, but I'm digging it all. It, it knows exactly how ridiculous it is from the off and completely le- leans into that ridiculousness with its tongue planted firmly in its cheek. The caster game... The deaths are really fun, and it possesses the greatest movie tie-in song of all time. Seriously, what Correct. more do you want from a leave-your-brain-at-the-door 90s summer blockbuster? I don't think you can ask for much more from this type of movie. Wow, where do I go from here? I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> um, I've written in my notes when I... I've, so I've got my little notes of things that I ask, like FYR, for your reconsideration, and it says next to it, I've just written, duh. <laughs> are you mad honestly right you cannot get more pitch perfect Friday night fun in a movie sense than this film I don't think there exists a more perfect film for a Friday night uh, having a good time uh, with your mates, with your other half with your family, whoever, whatever this is movies, this is fun this is storytelling uh, that doesn't rely on being the the most important in the world but my word is it going to give you a good time i can't fault this in terms of giving me a good time and giving i don't know just delivering on the promise when i saw the trailer for the first time it was like sharks in an underground facility and loads of people are going to get whacked it gave me all of that (laughs) but it gave me so much more it gave me the best post credit song of all time it gave me the <laughs> it gave me like shocks with sam jackson it, it gave me like like physical sets i love a physical set i knew all the way through this was all done on a physical set i loved all of that stuff this is great if you've never seen it watch it it's just fabulous yeah of course 100 percent reconsider this sorry i think i lost my mind there Sai. i got excited i say Make no bones about it. There are parts of this film that are objectively really shit, <laughs> <laughs> but in a in a like a so bad it's good kind of way. And even though the CGI is a bit crap and the acting is a bit crap and the dialogue is a bit crap, <laughs> uh, it's just got all the hallmarks of a really good '80s slasher flick uh, with some great jump scares and moments of genuine surprise. And then you throw that in with the. Uh, 90 minute homage to Jaws uh, which I mean it's a 90 minute love letter to Jaws isn't it Um, so if you go into this with that B-movie mindset uh, you're going to have a whale of a time Um, it's just so much fun and it is still after all these years the second best movie based around mischievous sharks (laughs) Um, I don't I just don't 
I don't think the Mega's got anything on uh, Deep Blue Sea and LL Cool J's shark's fin hat. <laughs> My hat is like a shark's fin. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> Should have been on the poster, really. Fair warning. Um, I, you know, for ages I thought it was my hand is like a shark's fin, like he had his hand over his head, like. Would also work. Would would also would also. I mean, you know what would have also worked in the music video if he actually had a hat on that was shaped like a shark's fin, which he does not. <laughs> False advertising. Uh, <laughs> Rain of fire all over. Livid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fabulous fellas! I think I think it's fair to say that we really we all really enjoyed Deep Lucy. I loved it. Loved chatting that one. That's got a, a big nostalgia pocket in my heart, that one. Um, so cheers, fellas. Oh, it has. Been. Lovely to chat along with you. Um, so next time, we're, we're not doing... Uh, well, we're not, we're not embroiled in any uh, listener requests this time. We're going back to our rotation. I'm on the... <laughs> I, I'm next up. You guys know. But next up is... It's on Prime right now. You can go out. You can literally press stop on what I'm saying. Go and press play, which is what I urge you to do, to go and watch the absolutely astonishing Bobcat Goldthwait movie. What's it called? <laughs> is it a Bigfoot picture, Rob? Yes, yeah, it's a Bigfoot. Willow Creek. Willow Creek, thank you. <laughs> Willow Creek. The podcast for Bigfoot pictures. The, the, yeah, we're back to Bigfoot Town with Willow Creek. Um, I'm going to keep my powder dry. I have so much to say on this and I can't wait to say it with you all gents thank you for everything thank you all listeners it's been mega um yeah please give us five stars on your subscription service of choice please tune in next time thank you very very much for everything chat with us on twitter and we will see you very very soon say goodbye boys bye 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 peace love and do make sure your hat is like a shark's fin Deepest blue my heavens like a shark's beam. The people in the background like hooey, hooah, hooey.